Welcome to another episode of The Brand Called You, a podcast and podcast show that brings you leadership lessons, knowledge, experience, and wisdom from thousands of successful individuals from around the world. I am your host, Ashutosh Garg, and today I'm delighted to welcome a very, very accomplished technology leader from Singapore, One Way So. One Way, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me, Ash. Thank you. Uh, One Way is the uh, founder of Ikigai Metaverse Collective, IMC, which is an entity with a mission to help 10 million people cross over to the Web 3.0 space. So let's start talking about Ikigai. Uh, tell me a little bit about the venture and what was your motivation to start it? Yeah, that's an excellent question, Ash. So uh, I actually spent four years of my life in Finland. Mm-hmm. And in 2014, we started Ikigai. Uh, because in Finland, there was this really great open source movement and culture. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Linux started from Finland. Mm-hmm. So um, Ikigai started in 2014 as a startup media portal, wanting to also, like yourself, give back to the ecosystem. Right. And uh, in 2017, because of the bull market, we specialized, we pivoted it to specialize just on Bitcoin and blockchain startups. Mm-hmm. And... Last year, in 2021, we decided to focus on uh, the metaverse because we uh, realized that a lot of people, a lot of media attention and capital is moving towards the metaverse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's pretty much how we started Ikigai. Very interesting. Um, yeah. And and uh, you said you were in Finland and then moved to back to Singapore. Yeah. Okay. Um. So let me start by asking you a very basic question. And this is for the many, many viewers and listeners across multiple ages. Tell me what is Web 3.0 and what is the metaverse and how will they impact our lives? Yeah, uh, that's again a really good question because uh, currently, frankly speaking, nobody can define what Web 3.0 is and there is no industry consensus on what the metaverse is. Mm. So uh, maybe let me approach uh, this question from the perspective of first principles. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people, or myth rather, a lot of people think that Web 3.0 or the metaverse is a platform. Why, why would they think so, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, we keep hearing Roblox on the papers. Yeah. We hear, I mean, Facebook rebranded to Meta Labs. Mm-hmm. And you have Microsoft making a $90 billion acquisition of a gaming company, Activision Blizzard. Mm-hmm. So and people say they think it's a platform. However, let me suggest that any platform without communities, mm-hmm. without human beings, without social interaction, is just a ghost town. Mm-hmm. Right. So what I can do with the definition is to tell is to suggest that Web 3.0 and the metaverse is not a platform. Okay. I can tell you what it isn't because nobody in the space has a consensus of what it is. Okay. So definitely it cannot be a platform. Mm-hmm. And definitely the discourse is towards it being a community or communities of people. Mm. So personally, how I would define the metaverse is that the metaverse is really a safe space because okay. you don't want to go on, on board a platform and then mm. suddenly get raped, get your avatar molested or raped, which yeah. happened in um Facebook reality labs, right? Yeah. Mm. So it is really a safe space for the user to choose the mm-hmm. different types of communities 
that he or she wants to belong to. Because on this metaverse, you can actually explore yourself, mm -hmm. explore your ideal self, experiment with things, and um, with good intentions, hopefully, and people curating the safe space, hopefully you can do something good for the world mm. with, in a collective manner. Mm. Yep. Very interesting. Uh, but tell me also that with the coming of the metaverse, how will the digital challenges be handled by companies in a virtual world? world? Uh, yeah. So one of the challenges is definitely the concept for safe space mm -hmm. because especially with the open metaverse, uh, the de the very definition of open means that who is who has the rights to regulate what I want to do on that metaverse. Hmm. So this is a bit dangerous because human nature is of course a both good and bad, hmm. and we cannot really control how people will behave through their avatars hmm. on the metaverse, right? Hmm. So this is one of the risk. Uh, it is a difficult problem to solve hmm. because of the inherent nature of humans mm -hmm. and also because of the question of who is who has the power mm. of the rights to say what is good or bad mm. to determine the law on the metaverse so i think this is one of the biggest challenges mm -hmm. um the next challenge is probably that of um maybe interoperability mm -hmm. which is one very big issue big technical issue in the open mm -hmm. metaverse mm -hmm. because we keep hearing people say that uh the idea of if I were to hold a NFT or a digital asset in my decentralized wallet, mm. I can actually use it in any open metaverse. Mm. This is only true if there's interoperability. But when we talk to uh, metaverse technical um, specialists or game specialists, they say that this will only come in 10 to 15 years. Mm. So, uh, do we want to wait until then and maybe... <laughs> Until then, there's no more metaverse. Mm, so, well the said. fast industry. Well yeah. said. But again, uh, to try and simplify the understanding of the metaverse, if your and my conversation was currently going on in the metaverse, the only difference would be that you and I would be talking through our 3D avatars. Would they, is that correct? Uh, actually, some people already say that Zoom is a metaverse because you we can actually put... Um, like, let me try if I can do this. Okay, mm -hmm. choose virtual back. Do you, do you know we can put like virtual or filter? I didn't know that. Okay, like this. <laughs> I didn't know that, but like, like this. Ah, <laughs> okay. So if I can appear like this while uh -huh. talking to you, right? Uh -huh. So are we already in the metaverse through Zoom? I can do this as well. Like, wow. yeah, <laughs> you can <laughs> try it. You can, you can try it. It's under setting. I will, I will experiment with this. Okay, that's very fascinating. Okay. Okay, let me let me continue like that. <laughs> okay, you can continue. Like that. <laughs> okay. Yes. So you know, but the, the uh, I'm trying to I've been trying to understand, and you know, this is a question to you: What are the serious aspects of the metaverse other than gaming and creating avatars from the perspective of the common human being? Oh, that's an excellent question. Uh, uh, you're absolutely correct, Ash, because a lot of people think that, you know, gaming equal metaverses, mm -hmm. and this is very limiting as a definition. Mm -hmm. Metaverses are also used for digital twins. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's exciting because, you know, now like people with disabilities in real life, physical disabilities on wheelchair, for example, mm -hmm. they definitely cannot go to certain tourist attractions mm -hmm. or they cannot uh, travel as freely as they want. Mm -hmm. So with digital twins as a technology on the metaverse, um, the person with disabilities physical disabilities can actually travel 
one-to-one -one replica on a virtual space. And mm -hmm. they can enjoy like things that they can enjoy seeing the view that is in mm -hmm. real time. Mm -hmm. Already companies have the technology for digital twin. And I'm so excited to see, you know, the future tourism possibilities that could happen. Mm -hmm. Another uh, practical use case of the metaverse is through uh, construction. Mm -hmm. And one more is through healthcare. Like we have COVID-19. Uh, COVID-19 directly resulted in a technology called telemedicine. Mm -hmm. So it accelerated the progress. So right now, if you have issues uh, with your health in COVID, like you suspect that you get COVID and mm -hmm. it's inconvenient for the doctor to come and visit you, you can do it through telemedicine. And um, some countries even use uh, VR and AR technology to distract you from the pain that you're feeling. Mm -hmm. So especially for younger kids. So if they need to draw blood, uh, they can put on a like Oculus headset and when the doctor is drawing blood, they can be distracted. So it's good for young children as well. Metaverse can be used for that practical mm. use cases as well. Mm. But if uh, to continue with your example, if uh, a doctor has to draw blood, then uh, the doctor needs to be where the child is, isn't it? Yes, correct. So uh, my point is, oh, this is a separate point from the uh, COVID-19 example. What mm -hmm. I'm saying is that in a separate example for uh, hospital or medical use cases, mm -hmm. when a nurse has to physically draw blood from yep. a child, mm -hmm. they can use the Oculus headset. Mm. The other question I have, Andre, is that I understand there are multiple metaverses. Yeah. How does uh, a common human being determine which metaverse to be in? Oh, that's a great question. I think um, back to first principle, there are three reasons or three attributes of the metaverse that make it very appealing to users. Mm -hmm. First, it needs to be interactive, mm -hmm. needs to be immersive, and mm -hmm. needs to be social. So yeah. my simple answer to that is that people will definitely know when they see the right metaverse because on the metaverse are people they want to talk to every day. Yeah. So it's an intrinsic desire for social connection. Mm -hmm. And what connects people is common values, common vision, and common mm. beliefs. Mm. Okay. Um, in a world, and you know, you live in a very developed market of the world, which is Singapore, but in a world which has got so, so much disparity, do you see the metaverse or this, this level of technology making a bigger divide between the haves and the have-nots? That's a really good and interesting question. Um, I think at this point it is uncertain and which is exciting because yeah. as very early uh adopters and trailblazers, we have the power to decide. And of course, this is um recently what I've realized myself because moving forward, it is the values of the trailblazers that will decide the cause of where we are moving towards. Is it mm. greater inequality or less? So if we want less inequality, would it be possible to do more open source and open access and inclusivity mm. projects on the metaverse? Mm. I think this is a conscious decision, not necessarily easy, because sometimes when we make the choice to be more inclusive, be more diverse, we are leaving a lot of money on the table, mm -hmm. to be very honest. So this is not an easy choice. Mm -hmm. To make the choice to include people might sometimes not even be profitable. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so it is a choice that leaders have to make. So this idea about metaverses really starts from leadership mm -hmm. and um no matter what we what role we are taking, whether working for someone else, working for a project or starting a project, I think it's important to be conscious that whatever decisions uh, we as Metaverse Trailblazers are making, mm -hmm. it will make impact 
later down the line because we are really laying down the foundation and infrastructure at this point. Mm, interesting. There is also a talk uh, one way uh, that a lot of large corporates and a lot of the big brands have started to buy real estate in the metaverse. Um, help us understand what this means, where is this real estate, and how will they use it? Okay, that's a great question. Um, so the common perception is that, I mean, to people who don't understand mm -hmm. Web3, Metaverse, NFT, Blockchain, they'll be like, oh, how dumb it is to buy JPEG files, right? right. So the next question is, is it really a JPEG file or is it something more? Mm. So... Um, I'm inclined to think that it is something more because, for example, if there are already a huge crowd of uh, community on your metaverse, mm -hmm. they, they are spending their actual time, energy, resources, money there already. Mm -hmm. So brands are actually buying those lands to go to where the consumers and users are. Mm. actively spending time mm. so it's not as though i set up a building there in a ghost town where nobody goes mm. i'm actually going to where my consumers are spending time on okay so this is the first part as to why brands are on mm. the metaverse mm. and buying lands mm. the second part is why so expensive right? mm. okay so the idea is that if paris hilton and snoop dogg snoop dogg did buy uh mm. lands on sandbox he even made a music video on his house in sandbox right mm -hmm. so if Snoop Dogg buys a house or a parcel of land on Sandbox and I have the opportunity to actually stay next to Snoop Dogg, then it becomes a flexing ability. Mm -hmm. In the sense that I can tell the whole world through social media, all my friends, that, hey, I actually live next to Snoop Dogg on mm -hmm. social media. Mm -hmm. And impressively, he even made a video on, you know, on his house in the metaverse. And you can see my house next to his house. Wonderful. Okay. It's, a, it's a bragging right that, mm -hmm. again, is inherent to human nature. We like to brag. And this is why the luxury market is so big. Like uh, according to one very uh Euro monitor, I think by 2020, by 2030, the mm. luxury market on the metaverse itself will be worth 30 billion euros. Wow. 30 billion wow. euros. Just luxury market on the metaverse itself. So it yeah, it's this kind of it's it's back to first principles and the innate need for human beings to want to brag about their money, their wealth. Yeah, hmm. and yet one way, uh, and I'm you know much much older. If I want to buy, say, a pair of Nike shoes on the metaverse, my avatar can go and buy a pair of Nike shoes. But when it comes to me physically, sitting on the other side of the computer, how does that pair of shoes get delivered to me so that I can actually wear it and go for a walk? <laughs> that's a that's a good question. Firstly, uh, this is the concept of digital. Digital uh -huh. is like a trending word in the metaverse. Yeah. You know, mm. uh, it means physical plus digital. Yeah. So it is possible for technology. I don't think Nike actually did it yet, but I am pretty sure at least one fashion brand has done it. Mm -hmm. So the idea is your avatar maybe um buys an NFT of a sneaker, mm -hmm. and when you go to your nearest. Nike store to redeem it, your NFT might be burnt. Okay. And you can, and once it's burnt, it can be exchanged for that. And then you can get a you know a real shoe in place of that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if they want it that way. If you um, I think I... one one interesting phenomenon that we have been seeing in the retail space is that mm. now physical stores, merchants, they want to upsell the 
NFT for authenticity purposes. So mm. you have both the NFT and the physical sneaker. Mm. And the NFT will prove that the physical physical sneaker is actually the real thing. Mm. Yeah. And they make money from both sides. <laughs> Absolutely fascinating. So one more question before I move to uh, the next uh, set of questions. What are the technology disruptions that you see because of the met- metaverse in the future? Technology, dis- I wouldn't say it's really a disruption. Mm. I would rather say it is a progress because mm. in my opinion, metaverse is nothing new. It, I mean, the the hype started really uh, based on SEO data, mm. search engine data, right? When Facebook rebranded to Meta Labs last year. Mm. And uh, things like VR, your AR, X, okay, uh, virtual reality, augmented reality, extended reality, mixed reality, the technology is behind all these, right? Mm. Actually, have a long history, like 30 years, 40 years be- before we have these. And the term metaverse actually was first invented through Nell Stevenson's novel called Snow Crash in 1992. Mm-hmm. So, so it's nothing new, actually. Wow. So what I would say that it's not, it's not a disruption. It's actually a progression of technology. Mm-hmm. And something to watch that will be biggest, in my opinion, will be augmented reality. How brands or people use augmented reality to access the metaverse. The main reason why is that we all have smartphones. Mm-hmm. Like... Um, even in developing economies, uh, some people have smartphones as compared to your um, AR glasses, mm-hmm. as compared to your VR headsets. We all have smartphones, but like people like myself don't even have AR glasses. I don't even have like VR headsets, you know. Mm-hmm. So it's my opinion that uh, if there's one technology to watch, just watch augmented reality because we all have smartphones. Mm-hmm. Fascinating. What a great response. Thank you. You. Uh, moving on now, one way you also have, uh, you know, when I was reading about you, you also talk about the metaverse for all, the diversity, equity, and inclusion movement. Yes. Tell me a little bit about this. Um. Okay, let me start with a story. I actually met this uh, rapper mm-hmm. in Singapore who actually represented um, Singapore in a national day uh, parade. Mm-hmm. So he, he raps really, really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's on a wheelchair. So he was sharing with me that when he was young, he actually was in a metaverse mm-hmm. called, uh, I think it's called Habo Hotel, Habo. Mm-hmm. So he was playing games there. And because everyone appeared as Avatar, mm-hmm. and uh, he felt very accepted because people could actually look beyond his physical mm-hmm. appearance. Said, because yeah. once we see someone in wheelchair, there are preconceived judgments ready and he told me this he said the only regret that he ever had when it comes to um playing on Habo hotel Mm -hmm. is actually meeting his teammates in real life okay that was his only regret Mm -hmm. and it's not just him he he it was also the the teammates regret because his boss was actually a 12 year old kid Mm-hmm. At that point in time, he was 20 plus, I think, okay. or near 20 plus. Mm. So it was a shock. It, it is a very real shock to him when he realized that, hey, his boss is actually a 12 year old kid, mm-hmm. kid who received money from his parents and had the enough pocket money to distribute to his workers on Habo. Okay. Yeah. So it, it wasn't very nice. So the thing is that 
um, on the metaverse, there's always this um freedom to be whoever you want to be. Mm. So that it maybe is an escapism from from real life as well. If you have been so judged in real life, mm. would it be possible to actually um be someone else on the metaverse? Mm. So the diversity movement is the uh is giving people the power to be themselves on metaverse. So if I am on the wheelchair in real life, would it be possible that for avatars to be so diverse that I can be myself on the metaverse as well, if I want to. So that's the idea of the movement. How interesting. And is this a movement that is now uh, in Singapore alone or have you started to spread it around the world? Uh, We're actually growing organically. So I think now on LinkedIn, we are 300 strong. It's not like a lot. But it is a good start because uh, so far we haven't been doing any marketing at all. So everything is just organic growth and people who are interested can just join. And uh, why we wanted to do it on LinkedIn is because in the Web3 space, um, a lot of people are anonymous. But when it comes to diversity movement, mm-hmm. my wish is for people to you know, put their name and reputation behind the movement saying that, hey, I am for diversity and I want a more diverse metaverse. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Well said. What a great response. Thank you. Uh, my last question to you, Anvay, now, and this is for the many, many people who will listen to our conversation. What would you say are three lessons you would want our viewers and listeners to take away from your amazing experience of the Metaverse Web 3.0? Um, what, what would you want them to take away? Okay, three lessons. Okay, maybe uh, allow me to make it three maybe characteristics. Sure. Sure. <laughs> so I realized that uh, when working professionally with Web2 or Web2.5 professionals, mm-hmm. uh, there's this mindset difference mm-hmm. that, that that really cannot gel because uh, people like myself, I've been in elite schools maybe uh, for half of my life. And uh, there's always this desire to know things first. Like mm-hmm. I need to know the whole picture first. Mm-hmm. I need to have a nice plan. Mm-hmm. that I spend like maybe one month thinking of then I execute according to the plan mm-hmm. yeah in the in the web tree space open metaverse space it's not like that so number one mm-hmm. uh, have a growth mindset I think growth mindset is defined as instead of thinking I can't do this yeah how can I do this change yeah. the reframe the, the question to mm. well, I can't do this I don't know how to do this to mm. how can I do this how yeah. can I learn this mm. okay this is number one have a growth um, mindset yeah Number two, start small. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because when we start small, mm. um, the because the Web3 space is highly risky. It's like so many people experimenting yeah. and exploring things that uh, may or may not fail. And frankly, they don't even care. It's mm. just like, let's experiment that kind of mojo. Mm. So start small because the downside is that your starting small may go to zero, but mm. your upside is really a lot, like oh. 100 times, 1,000 times, right? Correct. So, Always start small. Mm-hmm. And the last one is be open to pivoting and um, always measure your results after starting small. So the, the main idea is start small as point two. Start the second, the third point is after getting your results and mm-hmm. some data, mm-hmm. make another decision to go in another direction. Okay. Favorite to me. Let me recap. So have a growth mindset, yeah. start small, get the data and pivot. Yeah. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah. Uh, one way on that note, uh, and your three uh, characteristics, which are have a growth mindset, start small. I also often say have bite-sized milestones. Yes. Uh, and third one is 
get your data and be open to pivoting if required. Yes. Thank you so much for speaking to me. Thank you for talking to me about Ikigai Metaverse Collective. Thank you for telling me so many new things about Web 3.0, about Metaverse. Thank you for showing me uh, two interesting avatars on Zoom itself. And I've got to figure out how to learn some of these. Thank you again for speaking to me and uh, good luck to you. Thank you so much, Ash, for having me today. And I wish um, good health and um, happiness to all the listeners of your podcast. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the brand called You Videocast and Podcast, a platform that brings you knowledge, experience and wisdom of hundreds of successful individuals from around the world. Do visit our website www.tbcy.in to watch and listen to the stories of many more individuals. You can also follow us on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. Just search for the brand called You.